Am I allowed to say A word? No, you're not. We're going to like, just bleep the A word. Hit it. What's up? Welcome to another episode of Bro 3 Podcast for whenever you use it. Hey! Hey! Kind of in Manhattan. Baby girl, what's happening? You yourself invited. So gonna get it clapping. So pop it for a pin. Pop it, pop it for me. Turn around and drop it for a pin. Drop it, drop it for me. I'm in a beach house in Miami. Wake up with no jammies. Lost the tail for dinner. Who your said that's gonna be? Got it, girl. You want it, got it, got it. If you want it, said you got it. If you want it, take my wallet. If you want it now, jump in a Cadillac. Girl, put some miles on it. Anything you want, just to put a smile on it. You deserve it, baby. You deserve it all. And I'm gonna give it to you. Your jewelry shining so bright. Strawberry champagne on us. Lucky for you, that's what I like. That's what I like. Lucky for you, that's what I like. That's what I like. Oh, okay. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> Hello, welcome to episode of Bros 3 Podcast for January 2nd, 2020. And how you doing, fam? I say, how are you doing? Are you living your best life? Hey, check it out. Are you living the second day of your best year? Oh, check this out. Are you living the second day of your best decade? Hey, 2020, man. It's all about the vision. Whatever vision you got, it's that time to chase it. All right? And I'm not saying I say all these things. I don't just say them for you. I say them for myself. You know why? Because over the last three weeks, I lost sight of my vision. Not literally. What I'm saying is, I don't listen to podcasts usually. Um, I used to. Um, and really, it's nothing but old man talk radio. But a couple weeks ago, I got sick. I didn't really have a voice, so I said, okay, well, I'm not going to do a podcast this week. No explanation, just didn't do it. And then while I was off, uh, someone, people sent me funny stories and I was hey I was cool I was sitting there writing my notes writing my notes and then someone was like yo this podcast is kind of cool why don't you check it out and I listened to it and uh I was kind of I was taken back I was like wow is that what a podcast supposed to sound like and that same week someone sent me another podcast like well you should check this one out now admittedly this was a interview with Andre 3000 and Rick Rubin I was gonna listen to that regardless but listen to the production and listening to the the fluidity in which they talk and you know you got it, it, it you kind of look at what you're doing and you like well I don't maybe I shouldn't even been doing this you know but that's besides the point so then I'm making my little show notes and then things kept happening in my life you know, I'm like, okay, well, maybe I should talk about that. Oh, that'd be a funny topic. This would be a funny topic. Da-da-da. You start chasing your tail, and you'd be like, well, maybe I should just wait till next week to I could probably buy some more, uh, buy another, more equipment. And you're like, oh, snap, I can't put music to it. Everyone seems to like the music. And then like, you get so busy chasing your tail that you don't, you lose sight of what you're doing. And sometimes you got to step back and, uh, you know, go back to basics. Speaking of, speaking of basics, where are my basic brothers? 
Well, good question, fair question. I'm glad you asked, fam. Uh, <laughs> hey, you know what, fam? Real quick, just a side note. I love when I get a new listener just because they always ask me when they see me or they talk. Like, so are your brothers going to be there next week? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, oh, okay. All right. So this this podcast for any of my time. I hope you would know or at least have an idea that maybe I love my daughter. I definitely love her. I just hope maybe that y'all can get that vibe, you know. Anyway, uh, okay, my daughter asked me for a new pet. Now, before I tell you about the new pet, let me just give you a little bit of my daughter's backstory with pets. Maybe that'll kind of make you feel why I'm a little leery about a new pet. All right, so when my daughter was about five, six, somewhere up in there, she wanted a pet. So we figured we'd get her a little beta, you know, a little fish, a little beta fish. They kind of give a little bit of responsibilities. No one really expects betas to live a long time, right? So we get her a nice little Disney princess bowl to put this thing on. So it's like the bowl is suspended like upon a sandcastle or something. It's real, it's pretty, it's pink. Get a little pink rocks to put up in there. We go to Walmart, let design pick out the fish. The most flippityest fish that was in the whole little place. All right, about two bucks, no big thing. And we get the fish, they say, oh, we're also going to need this solution to put into the water. Okay, fair enough. You're also going to need the fish food. All right, fair enough. She's so happy. She wants to hold the fish. You know, she wants to squeeze on the little bag. I said, okay, now you got to let, you know, we got to put the fish in the water. Water's need, you know, fish need water to breathe. She's like, yeah, daddy, I know. Okay, cool, fair enough. So just put in there, and for, you know, for a week, everything's going good. Then one day, I happen to go in Zion's room, and I don't know why. You know, little kids, when they get caught doing something, they instantly put their hands behind their back. I was like, Zion, what you got behind your back? She opens up her hand, and the fish is flopping in her hand. I say, babe, you got to, you know, tell her, put, the, put, 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 put the fish back in the water. She's okay, daddy. I'm like, Zion, you can't, like, take the fish out the water. She's like, yeah, I just thought maybe she wanted to play. I wanted to pet her. I'm like, oh, that's so sweet. Not a big deal, right? So, of course, since she's five, six, she don't know how to take the fish out the water, change the water, leave some water at room temperature, and put the fish back in there. Of course she don't, right? And it seemed like the fish is pooping out of anger now. Like, every time I go in there, first it was like we change the water every two weeks. It was like every week. And I guess maybe because you're floating around, you bored, you got nothing else to do. You just Let's see how much poop I can just get out of my little fish body, right? Okay, cool. So... She has this fish for a good little minute. Now, <laughs> one day she comes out the room crying. I say, what's going on? Like, I'm, you know, she, no, I'm sorry. I go in, she's crying. I hear her crying, so I run into the room. I say, baby, what's going on? I instantly look at the fish because I know something's going on with the fish. The fish bowl is missing. I look on the floor. There's fish bowl fragments everywhere. She was like, daddy, daddy. And I'm like, don't worry, baby. Daddy's here. I said, give me the fish. I swoop up the fish. I said, get a cup of water. Because she ran out of the kitchen. I said, go. She was in her bedroom. Go get a cup of water. So I take the fish. I go into the bathroom. I'm sitting there looking at it. Because, you know, she get a cup of water. We put some water in the cup. We can save this fish. I'm sitting there looking at this little, little fish that's been pooping out of anger and spite and hate. And I see a bowl of water. 
toilet. So while Zion trying to get the water in the little cup, I look in, I looked the little fish down and say, forgive me, dropped him in the toilet. And I was like, Zion. She was like, yeah, dad. I said, it's too late. The fish dead. Fish looked up at me like you dirty, rotten, and I just hit the button, floosh. And she came in there with a cup of water. She was like, is he dead? I said, yeah, baby, he dead. She said, is it my fault? I said, yeah, baby, it's your fault. That was first pet. So then, you know, after a couple years, she wanted a turtle. A little bit older, you know, a little bit more responsibility. But I, I feel she's up to it. I think she can do it. I'm say she's like maybe, what, 10, 11, somewhere up in there. Age, you know, you got your own bike, pick out your own clothes. Even though sometimes she would wear Halloween tutu to school. And I would like, she would get dressed for school and I would come. I would be like, wait a minute, because I didn't know much about kids' clothes. Like, is that a tutu? She was like, yeah. I'm like, ain't that part of your old Halloween costume? She's like, yeah. Okay, well, go change it. You can't walk around like that. And after a while, I'm like, you know what? Fine, I don't really care. So I give my daughter a turtle. She asked for a turtle for Christmas. We get her the aquarium. We get the little rocks. We get the little habitat, everything. I get the turtle scent, right, from a place. Like some people probably would just call it a turtle. We used to live in the country. I called some reptile place. They sent me a live baby turtle. It was a red slotted turtle. This thing was so itty bitty. Uh, just a tiny little thing, right? Um, and for Christmas, we give her a turtle. Heat lamp, the whole situation. Turtles live a long time. I expected my daughter to put forth the effort to keep this thing alive. And it's even better now because I really ain't got to touch the poo-poo. You know what I'm saying? The water. Nah, it's a turtle. It's amphibious. You can kind of take them out. You can put a little water in. You, she can figure it out. And she took her time. She made the habitat just right. Put the rocks because you had to like a little have a little spot where he could sunbathe. Because if you left him in the water too long, you know he can get uh, shell fungus or something like that. Right? Not a problem. She was on it. Um, my daughter, in the midst of this, uh, she told me that her turtle ran away. I mean, she had had it for like a month or two, and she called me up and said, Dad, the turtle ran away. And I'm trying to process this. I'm like, okay, so, like, because I knew she used to let them out, because you can't just leave turtles in the habitat. You're supposed to take them out. The thing is, you're supposed to have a flat, like the rock's supposed to be sun, that way they can sunbathe. I guess that's what they call it. Well, my daughter, she wants something that she can chase around the house. So she would put this turtle on the carpet. Well, the turtle would run like a, like a Hebrew slave. I mean, as quick as a turtle could, admittedly. But it was just, as soon as it hit the ground, it was like, one, two, three, go. Usain Bolt, right? And she thought it was a game. I, I, I know that pets don't like my daughter. I know this. She don't know it. Fair enough, right? So she was, hee, 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 we're having fun, right? And grabbed the turtle right back and the turtle like, I almost got away. I almost got away. Well, my daughter, she has a big heart and a short attention span. So, one day, it's a, this is the story she told me. I don't know. I I mean, you can't make this up. She said she was downstairs with one of her friends. She said her friend got ADHD. So, Zion tells me it was raining one day, and Zion decided to go outside and play with her little friend. Her little friend who happens to have ADHD. Again, don't know why. 
this new generation of people, the first thing you want to do is give me a person's name and their affliction. I don't need that. Oh, this is my friend Becky. Becky's got diabetes. Okay, you 10. Don't nobody that. When I was growing up back in my day, right, you wouldn't know something's wrong with a kid unless you played with them all day. And then that instance actually popped up. You know, you wouldn't know somebody was lactose intolerant or they couldn't uh, drink chocolate milk until it was lunchtime at school. And it was like, oh, man, what you getting white milk for? White milk, you know, white milk costs the same as chocolate milk, and chocolate milk tastes better. And you'd be like, well, I can't drink chocolate milk. You'd be like, what's wrong with you? And they'd be like, I can't eat chocolate or whatever. Okay, well, cool, that's what's up. We still friends. We didn't play for four hours. I'm invested. You know what I'm saying? Or you wouldn't know somebody, what, uh, was a diabetic until oh, you was going to the, to the corner store. And you go to the corner store, you're like, hey, let me get a Chico stick. Let me get this. Let me get all these other sweet treats. And you're like, hey, would you want something? They're like, no, I don't want nothing. You're like, hey, it's cool. I got money. They're like, no, I really ain't even supposed to be up in here. The smell of sugar could kill me. You're like, what you talking about? They'd be like, well, you know, I got the sugar. I got the diabetes. You'd be like, oh, word. Then let me get his annihilators. It was nothing, right? So anyway. My daughter's going downstairs with some girl who's got ADHD, and she's taking the turtle out the house, which she was not supposed to do. But her being a sweet, loving kid and wanting to give her turtle, I guess, an outdoor experience, it just got finished raining, so there was a rain puddle on the ground. And I think all the other times the turtle tried to run away was just a precursor to the actual event, like an Ocean's 13 type of situation, right? So... My daughter goes to the edge of the little rain puddle, and my daughter was like, hey, Mr. Turtle, hey, maybe you would like this. And the turtle was just getting itself prepared because he already knew it was one shot at freedom, right? So as soon as Zion put a little cup hand close to the ground, apparently the ADHD girl called my daughter's name, said, Zion. And Zion turned, I guess she dropped that turtle, and when that turtle hit that water, was on and popping, baby. Mission impossible. This is what I'm thinking. The turtle had to swim through the water, get to the other side, and start hoofing it to the tall grass. And at that point, my daughter, with her, you know, I'm not going to say attention deficit disorder friend, I think she realized the turtle was kind of gone. So it's like, haha, okay, Mr. Turtle, come out, quit playing. The turtle, by that point, had met up with his connect that was a grasshopper. And, uh, you know, it was it was down the street, man, under an assumed name. You know, changed the shell markers and everything. It was a bad deal. And my daughter was really upset about that. But, I mean, it is what it is. Now, this brings us to the gift that she wanted. Because I, I keep giving a hard time. Babe, you can't ask me for nothing if you let your pet turtle run away. And she was like, but Dad, no, no, you let the slowest animal on God's green earth save, a, you know, except for a snail. Yeah, you got outwitted by a teenage mutant turtle. I, so, I, yeah, we can't talk about nothing. I love my kid, though. So, oh, oh, I almost forgot about Daisy. All right, now, Daisy, this one was on me. This one was on me. Zion, if you're listening, you're about to hear something that maybe, you know, hey. It is what you tell your therapist about. It. I don't know. Anyway, Zion, before all the buffoonery and chicanery, she did have a dog. 
She had a dog named Daisy. She was a little Shih Tzu. And Zion and Daisy were, well, at least on Zion's part, the best of friends. The fact of the matter is Daisy did not like Zion. But Daisy had been in an abusive relationship before. So Daisy was just happy there wasn't nobody whooping on her, but at the same time, she didn't want no parts of no kids. And Shih Tzu's, if you don't know, they little fluffy dog. Ain't nothing much to them. You know, maybe seven, eight pounds. This dog used to go and hide under the bed. And Zion, being a kid, she wanted to play with Daisy. So she would be reaching like, come on, Daisy, come on. Daisy would shake and would not move from the spot. And if Zion's little baby hands ever got too close to Daisy, she would just kindly move to the left, slide to the right. Like Zion did. At most, Zion got to pet her ear every now and then, but Zion was just happy something fluffy was living under uh, her parents' bed. When I came home, Daisy was my dog, okay? Because every time when I come home, Daisy would sit there and wait to the Coastal's Club, make a break for me, and we would go outside. I'd let her use the bathroom. We'd come back in, and then she would go right back under the bed. She'd be like, thank you, homie. Make sure the bowl's full, and we good. So I guess, you know, it, it is what – and then, okay, after a while, after a while, I got to become one of those dog people. You know what I'm saying? Like if Zion wasn't around, the Coastal's Club – and, you know, the ex-wife, well, the wife at the time wasn't there. You know, yeah, I lay on the couch and, you know, Daisy would just be looking at me like, what are we doing? It don't even matter. I'm under the bed. I'm from under the bed. It's all good. And I'm like, come here, Daisy. And I just put it on my chest. Because I used to put sand by my chest. You know, just let her listen to my heartbeat. Me and Daisy had a good old time. I would stroke a little bit. She knew not to lick my face because, you know, that's, that's not what we do. So when the door would open and she saw it was 3.30, school was letting out, and we would jump out and die. Jesus. Uh, Daisy would jump off my chest and run back under the bed. She was like my little imaginary friend. Like, you wouldn't even know we had a dog unless you see me walking the dog. All right? Well, we had that dog for a couple months. Then Zion started getting, no, I'm sorry, my ex-wife started getting allergic. First, it was just a little sneeze here, a little sneeze there, you know. And then eventually it kind of became a problem. Zion ain't trying to hear about, you know, mama being sick. She was like, look, I got a dog, and me and Daisy, we, ooh, ooh, I almost touched the air that time. Me and Daisy going to be friends forever. And Daisy was like, I just can't wait to 8 o'clock this little Haley and get away from me. Okay, so fair enough. And then the day happened. I got, for the longest time, my wife at the time was telling me, look, we got to get rid of the dog. I'm like, look, that dog don't bother nobody. I don't want to hear that, you know, the dog, Zion loves touching her ear. When she can, it's fine. Let it alone. She was like, no, man, we got to get rid of the dog. I'm see me. Chew, see, chew, I'm sneezing. It's like, it's just real funny. You just, okay, well, whatever. So my wife at the time took Zion to St. Louis, and I was given a mission like a hitman. Like uh, when, I, when I come back, uh, that dog better not be here if you get my meaning. And I was like, I don't want to do that, man. I don't want to do that. And as they were leaving, she gave me a little, like, hey, you get that dog out of here or you get out of here. Hey, for good about it. That's my terrible, stereotypical mafia accent. But you get, hey, for good about it. Hey, gabagoo, she's a, she's a four-legged dog over here. Get it out of here, right? Okay, fair enough. So they leave or whatever. And I keep getting these calls, like, hey, what's up, man? This is your friend of a friend trying to make sure the job is complete. I'm like, look, I ain't doing it. Hey, you do it. You'll you do it. You'll do it or you wish you did it. Hey, for good about it. So 
the day before they was about to come home, right? It's like 7.30. I grabbed little Daisy. And she's like, where are we going? What are we doing? Like, it's cool. She never barked anyway. Put in the car, she starts shaking. And she's like, all right, we really don't be in the car like this, but this is cool, I guess. I mean, I'm with you. Everything cool. So uh, so what's the next move? Well, I drive her to the pet shelter, right? And see, outside, the pet shelter, because I went to the door, and the door was locked, right? So I see her. She I, she's still in the car. She's like, hey, like, what's, hey, where you going? Hi, <laughs> okay, boy, okay. I'm a little nervous, but don't be playing too much. So I go, I look in the windows. The windows is closed or whatever, and I pull on the little door handle, door handle, it ain't open. So I'm like, all right, we'll skip it. There's a pen outside, like a big pen. So I go and I grab Daisy, and Daisy's like, oh, she's like shaking a little bit, like, hey, okay, like, what, okay, okay, well, hey, you know, we outside, it's the sunshine, everything's good. And I put little Daisy in the little pen, right? And I'm starting to walk away. And they were like, oh, like, I don't, I don't like this. And she's shaking, she never barked, though. I hate to say it, but like, geez, she never said a mumbling word, she just started shaking real bad and then some white lady opened the door like excuse me excuse me sir what are you doing i was like well i mean i thought y'all was close she was like we were just about to open up i said okay she she was i was like well i, I can't keep this dog anymore she was like well you can't just drop him off in the pen you got to come in and fill out paperwork and i was like okay fair enough like you know like she yelling at me like i'm just an abusive person that just left the dog on the, anyway so I scooped Daisy up, and then she stopped shaking. She's like, whoa, you whoa, you play too much. Okay, cool. So then we go up in there, and then she see all these other cats with these other dogs. And then she started shaking even more, man. And then I had to put her in, like, one of those, like, little small things, uh, like a little carrying case, I guess. Well, I guess not really a carrying case, but it was, like, up there, small little cage. And I put her up in there, and I, I, I closed the door. And she's shaking so hard, like the, little, the whole cage is shaking, right? So I found this paperwork. And she's just looking at me. She's like, I'm trusting you. But, like, you know what I'm saying? This ain't looking good. And uh, so I felt the paperwork, whatever. And then I think she realized I'm about to go without her. And she was taking a little pause and, like, digging, like, under the cage, like, hoping, like, to, to dig out and maybe come home with me. And, uh, and then, like, as I was, like, getting close to the door, she started digging harder. And uh, I close the door, and I get in the car. Ooh, I'm getting emotional. <laughs> so anyway, I get in the car, and uh, I drive home. And as soon as Zion get, as soon as the car stops, because I'm looking out the window. Cause, I'm sorry, wait a minute. They driving back. And old uh, Don Julio calls me Capone. You know, hey, hey uh, that situation taken care of. I'm like. And I'm like a remorseful hitman. I'm like, I did it. And don't you ever ask me to do anything like that again. <laughs> she was like, you shut your mouth up, yo, shortly. Forget about it. Right? So I'm looking I'm looking at the door. Because I got to get my alibi together, man. There was a dog here when my daughter left. And there's no dog here now, right? So Zion, I see her, the door. The car almost barely comes to a stop. She jump out because she been messing her dog the whole time. She runs up the little stairs or whatever. Doors open. She come in. She like, hey, Dad. Soon she she runs straight past me, look under the bed. Daisy, where's Daisy? Daisy, where you at? Daisy, Daisy. And I'm like, Zion, I gotta tell you something. Have a seat. She like, I, I haven't seen in a minute. I just once I find Daisy. I'm like, yeah, that's what I gotta tell you. Uh, Daisy ran away. And Zion looked at me like, okay, well, hey, get your keys. Like we got to. I don't know. <laughs> I'm glad you waited till I got here. We need to go find Daisy. I'm like, nah, man. I mean, I've been looking for her for days, and she's been gone. And her little heart broke, right? 
And, you know, you hope kids got, like, a real short memory. So then, you know, Zion be coming home from school, be like, I thought I saw Daisy over here by the playground. Let's go check over there, right? So I'm doing that, I'm doing that, right? Did that for about a week. Because my daughter ain't letting it go. She's like, look, my dog's out there. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, okay, look, your dog didn't run away. I gave your dog to an old lady. She was like, what? You came? Like, now it's like, okay, so dad lied. And also he giving away stuff that ain't his, which obviously it ain't his. She was like, what old lady? Like, where this old lady at? Like, oh, okay, okay, just calm down, uh, Tupac Shakur. I was like. Well, see, the old lady, I had to make up a story on the, on, on the fly. Luckily, that's what I do now, right? So I'm like, look, luckily, oh, I'm sorry, not luckily. I said, man, look, this old lady, man, her husband died. My daughter was like, word. I said, yeah. And she all by herself. Zion was like, word. I'm like, yeah. And she, I was like, she got a farm, though. And then my daughter was like, word. I'm like, yeah. And now Daisy can run around the farm, and she'd be cool. And then my daughter was like, word. I'm like, yeah. My daughter was like, where that farm at? Because I'm going to get my dog. I'm like, whoa, hey, you know, hey, you know, I don't even know where the farm is. Not rich. She had picked the dog up. Zion was like, I ain't trying to hear that. Now, the whole time, uh, my my wife at the time, Don, uh, get rid of the dog, yo. You know what I'm saying? After she, the first day, second day, I'm sorry, second day, you know, I ain't, I ain't committed the crime. And Zion heartbroken or whatever, you know. Oh, Don, like, hey, maybe we made a mistake. Maybe we whacked the wrong guy over here. I'm like, what are you saying? Hey, maybe you find a dog. Maybe you bring her home. Hey, no questions asked, right? I'm like, I can't. Oh, so I go back to the shelter, and they were like, oh, they. It, luckily, it was a no-kill shelter. They just put her to another place. You know what I'm saying? Basically, she got transferred to another prison stuff. And, um, yeah, so long story short, didn't get the dog back. Uh and even now, well, not, she just recently stopped bringing it up. But, yeah, like, it's just like, my dog used to just walk. You ever had somebody look at you with disdain? That was my dog. She just, she just walked past me like, she gave my dog away. Who the hell do you think you is? Like, it's just, and that's some a lot of stank to be coming off of, like, you know, six, seven, eight-year-old. You know what I'm saying? This guy, right? You just give it, you give it away. You give it to anybody. I was like, look, and you don't want to. You don't want to throw your mom under the bus because I ain't no snitch. But, but I mean, at some point, I, hey, man, I, I waited a couple years. I waited a couple years. I, hey, man, your mama knew about it. The only reason I got rid of the dog is because your mama made me do it. Yes, I Takashi 69 in that situation. I was on the stand like, hey, man, hey, I, nope, I was Nino Brown. Everybody was like, didn't you get rid of the dog? Hey, man, I don't know what y'all looking at me for. It's the sister over there with the PhD. I was just a middle man. I ain't know nothing about nothing. Like, yeah. So anyway, she wasn't buying that though, you know. <sighs> that feels good. All right. I can't speak for everybody, but to me, being a parent is about fighting back that initial the initial emotion you have when you hear something. Like, especially when it comes to your kid. You really have to, in my opinion, kind of weigh it. Like, how how should you respond to a situation? How should you react to a situation? Does a situation even need a response? Um, the course of actions to take, things like that. So, um, when I get a call from Zion's mom, 
no matter what's being said, if it's about my child, you know, I'm going to listen and try to make a very honest and informed decision, right? But a lot of being a parent to me is fighting back your initial response. All right, so Zion's mom calls me about 8 o'clock-ish, a couple, about two weeks ago. I say, hey, what's up? Is everything okay? She said, yeah, but there's a situation. I'm like, okay, I'm open, honest, I'm ready to receive what you're about to tell me. What's going on? She says, my daughter has gotten suspended. I'm like, okay, I'm listening. She says, well, apparently Zion has gotten into a fight. I'm like, wow, okay. Uh, is she okay? You know, you, that's the first thing you got to ask. Is she okay? She say, well, she seems to be okay, yes. I say, okay, good. Do you know what happened? She says, well, uh, apparently some girl is, was bullying on Zion. Now, Zion is 4'11". And she's the only black girl at her school. And she doesn't even look black. I'm not trying to, like, make this a race thing. But she, you know, you would think she was a tanned person or mixed or maybe 25% or something. Just one of those people. Not one of those people. But you get what I'm saying, right? So she said, apparently this girl's been bullying Zion. I said, huh. And how old is this little girl? She said, well, the girl's a junior. I said, okay, cool. Zion is a freshman. I said, who hit who first? She said, well, the junior hit Zion first. I'm like, oh. Mm. Apparently, this junior girl is super tall. And uh, Zion, again, 4'11". I said, oh, man. Uh, when, where did this happen? She said, at the basketball game. I said, oh, okay, okay. And she said... Apparently, the girl hit Zion, and Zion fell. And then Zion got up and commenced to beating the girl with the clarinet. Fam, when I say it went from serious dad to... <laughs> and the bad, the, bad, the bad thing is... Oh, dude, the bad thing is, the boy, because I tried to stop it. Like, it went literally laugh. <clears throat> I'm sorry, what? She was like, Tony, it's not funny. I said, no, I know it's not funny. The bad thing is, Zion heard me laughing, and then she started laughing. I said, you know what? No, no, <clears throat> no, 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 you're right. It's, it's not funny. Uh, would you please uh, put Zion on the phone, please? And uh, Zion gets on the phone. She's like, and I can already tell she's smiling. I'm like, She's like, hey, Dad. <laughs> I said, hey, what's up, kid? I was like, so now you want to tell me what happened? And, you know, kids, because I, she already know. Because, really, I want to hear about my kid winning the fight. Like, I mean, I know she's in trouble. I know that. But it's like, and then, like, the clarinet. Where the hell the clarinet come from? Right? Okay. So, <laughs> I'm like, all right, kid, now what happened? Like, give me, like, I know your mom listened, but give me the dirt. So, she was like, all right. You know, whenever somebody win a fight, they always got, hey, okay, so check it out. I'm sitting there, I'm playing the clarinet. I'm like, kid, 
why are you playing a clarinet at the basketball game? They didn't even do that. She was like, yeah, man, we was there playing the clarinet. I said, okay, cool. So I'm playing the clarinet, and this junior girl, she taller than me too, Dad. I said, how tall is you? Man, she real tall. I'm like, oh, crap, okay. Keep telling the story. She 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 hood now to me, right? So she's like, so anyway, the girl been calling me all out my name all this year. And then she, I turned around, and she hit me in the face, Dad. She hit me in the face. Yeah, my, my, my jaw a little swole, Dad. I was like, word. She was like, yeah, but it's cool. It's cool. So anyway, I fell off the bleachers. I was like, oh, snap. She was like, yeah, I fell off the bleachers. But then I, t- I got up. I hit her with the clarinet. I was like, oh, snap. I'm thinking it's just one hit. She was like, this is where it gets better. She was like, Dad, I'm going to need a new clarinet. I was like, why you need a new clarinet? She was like, because I bent it. I was like, wow. I, like, I said, you bent it, son? She was like, yeah. Hey, check it out. Oh, okay. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Y'all got to realize this is, imagine somebody picking on you. And they, they, they dogging you, right? And then they hit you. And I was, hey, you put your hands on me, and I told her, you, somebody put their hands on you first. You make sure they don't never put their hands on you again. And fam, it's going, this is what I, this is what made it so funny to me. This is what I envisioned. My daughter playing the clarinet, and then some girl hit her, and here we go. Going crazy with the clarinet. Waka, 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 waka. Yeah. That's what that's what I heard in my head. Like my daughter playing a clear. Doo, 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 doo. Some girl hit her. Then you turn around. You start hitting her with. The... <sighs> so yes, my daughter got suspended. But hey, I'm gonna tell you, if the Barnsley band looking for an enforcer, man, she, and the bad thing, she was actually looking to get a bass clarinet, right? She just rocking a regular clarinet right now. So let her get a hand on that high tech stuff. See what happens. Come come mess around if you want to catch the fly the bumblebees in this joint. <laughs> All right, fam, I'm going to tell you this. You can be anything you want to be if you put your mind to it. Now, I know that sounds like some hyperbole, but check this out. I I met the perfect personification of this. This woman was, she was, it was highly bizarre, yet strangely uplifting. Okay, this is how it happened. So, about two weeks ago, one of my friends sent me a video. It was a woman. She was, you know how people do like the selfie videos and you can kind of comment like the FaceTime and whatever it is. And you kind of, the young kids, they sway back and forth. So you can see all this around. It's like, look at me. I'm so pretty. I'm so fly. Blah, blah, blah. Right? Okay. So, fam, I'm going to say that the woman was a stripper, but she wasn't naked. You know, like in the back room before they go to the stage, take off their clothes. Like, if you saw the movies Players Club, they all, like, in their bathing suits, bikinis, or whatever, and they putting on their makeup and their fake eyelids or whatever, eyelids, right? So there's a woman. She's standing in the doorway. Now, the video ain't about her. It's about the young lady swaying back and forth taking the video. But I, you can see this young lady in the doorway. She's got these <laughs> – she's got shades on. But they ain't no cool, like – you know, Christian Dior's or Gucci or Fendi or Prada, these are like old man uh, cataract, thick, big boy shades. Like, ain't no light coming through these, right? And she's got a cane. And she pointed to the lady. She's like, look, don't be up there telling my customers, customers I'm blind. That ain't none of your business. And if you want to see me, I hate the fact she said see me, but she did. If you all want to see me, if you're feeling froggy, then leap. Now, strippers ain't the most 
nicest people or the most considerate, they say, but how you going to see if somebody leaked? She say, don't worry about it because if I start, once I start whooping you, I'm going to fight you like I can see. And the video went off. It was like a 30-second, 45-second video. As soon as the video went out, I was, man, what's, what is going on in the world? Like, there's blind strippers? I was like, no. No, 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 no. Of course, this has got to be somebody trying to do something to be funny for the Instagram and the Facebook. Well, fam. Um, yo, we got blind strippers. Like, dude, do you know the you can be anything you want to be, fam. Okay, so check this out. <laughs> they had another video. And I'm not laughing at this moment because that takes it takes that takes a lot of guts. You know what I'm saying? You gotta go up there. Cause I had so many questions. And she put out some more videos like, okay, you know, I heard y'all got questions. Y'all want to know what I be, what I dance over here, and I'm in such and such and such, and this is what I be, boo, 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 right? Okay, fair enough. We know where you at. People had more questions. Obviously, the main one is how do you get to the stage, right? How do you get to the stage? How do you prevent yourself from falling off the stage? Uh, I mean, uh, is there a dog situation? Is the dog party show? Uh... The thing is, right, to me, being a stripper is a site-based job, right? Okay, so, okay. This how, okay. You hold up. Skip it. Okay, you're a bartender, right? Okay, you're a blind bartender. How the heck do you know who's calling you? Like with a strip club, you hold up a single, right? But you, they have to see you to come to you to know to give you the attention. Oh, my thing is this. Okay, I got up a single. He got up a 20. And you just blind. So you just sitting up there dancing, dancing, dancing. I'm like, oh, you must not want my single. He's going to, oh, you must not want my 20. Okay. Then, okay, let's say you just doing the most. Let's just say, hypothetically, you you Helen Kelly your way up to the pole. Right? And uh, you just, the song come on, you just work it. Just, just on the pole. And then the thing is, even if you do that, you have to break in the money. You got to break in the money. That's my daughter got me doing that. Money. Right? Okay, so. I had so many questions. So they showed a video of this woman, and it wasn't a nasty video. It was just they show how she gets to the stage. One of the strippers walks her to the stage. I want to, man, I hope she got a cool, cool stripper name, like something that actually incorporates the fact she can't see. You know, so I just, I don't know. Like, uh, welcome to the stage, Midnight Madness. You know what I'm saying? Welcome to the stage, uh, Sweetest taboo on the blind side. Tippy towel on the running side. I don't know. Just something that I know she probably don't have no cool stripper name like that. But it's just <clears throat> Eileen. You know what I'm saying? Because she, she, she leaned on the poles. So I don't know. Anyway, so she Helen Keller her, stage, her way to the stage, right? Y'all remember that scene in Helen Keller where the girl was like, remember the, the <laughs> is this how they taught her to strip? Because, like, Y'all remember the movie The Miracle Worker where the woman who was teaching Helen Keller how to write because, you know, Helen Keller was running around the woods and she was just, they let her go like an animal or something. And then the girl, the, the school teacher grabbed her and threw it on the ground and said, water. And she was making a sign for water, like, water. And then Helen Keller was like, get your hands off me. I don't know nothing. But she was like, me, 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 right? So then 
Then, like, she, no, the teacher grabbed again, like, no, I said water, and put the sign for water in the hand, like, one, and two, and three, right? And then she was like, no, 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 I don't want to learn. I don't want to learn. I don't want to be nobody. And then the school teacher grabbed her and took her by the water pump, started pumping the water, right? And then Helen Keller felt the water, right? And she was like, I said water with the hands. And she was like, oh, snap, you telling me the wet stuff is the water. And, yes, I'm doing hand signs, okay? So anyway, like is that how they taught her to strip? I don't I just anyway, okay, so then they asked her, how do you know the difference between a single and a twenty? And she put a video about that. So she was like, Oh hey, how, she, okay, one of her friends was sitting next to her, right? So what you do is she was like, Oh hey, how you doing? What you trying to do? Get a lap dance? And then the guy would hand her a dollar. Just it was a single dollar this time. And she put it up to her phone and the phone was like it, it was like, this is a, this is a single dollar bill. You know what I'm saying? So she's like, oh, my God, what you trying to do? He was like, hey, here, here's his 20. And she's like, oh, my God, a 20. And he was like, this is a cheap dude. This is just a single dollar bill. He said, uh-uh, uh-uh, this is just a single dollar. My thing is this, if somebody hides your phone, somebody, you, your batteries is low. You know what I'm saying? I, it's a lot of trust in that situation. But I don't think that woman has to be a stripper. And I'm not knocking the fact that she is a stripper. I'm saying in 2020, if we got blind robots, I mean, we got blind strippers, man, you better go out there and chase your dream. You got 2020 vision. It's the year 2020. Make it happen, y'all. Blind strippers. And I got to say this. I hope, I hope she dances off of this just one time. Because I just, I just want to get to the point. Okay, here we go. My mind's telling me no. I, I ain't worried about that. I just want to see. But my body, uh, my, my body, body telling me yes. Oh, Kelly probably on the pole too. Like, hey man, get them ramen noodles out here. I don't wanna hurt nobody, R. Kelly. There's something. Only reason I'm playing song cause he don't see nothing wrong, and she don't either on the stage. Nothing. This is the edge of the stage. And now it's time for the BCP News. Your source for uninformed news. Shut up. No bad news. Facebook, what is? Or Instagram, but it's on Bros Three Pod. Yeah. Huh? Huh? No bad. Sing with me, fam. No bad news. No bad news. Oh, oh. No bad news. Yeah. No bad news. Alright, in our first our first story tonight, British lesbian couple first to carry baby in both their wombs. Alright, fam. Um just real quick, I'm never gonna make fun of somebody for the choices that they make as far as sexual preference. As long as you're loving somebody and uh it's it's you're not hurting nobody, you okay with me. But this story is interesting for a lot of reasons. Alright? Here we go. Um I don't know a lot of British names, so um, 
these two ladies, I'm going to name one Abbey Road because I, I think that's a Beatles song. Abbey Road and Lucy. Lucy in the Sky. Her, her last name is Lucy Sky. All right. I wrote the names and that way I didn't forget them. All right. So Abbey Road meet Lucy Sky, right? Met at Cambridge. I think that's a school in England. And, you know, they both women's studies majors, right? And they believe equality in the sexes. They believe in a lesbian couple. There is no man and, and woman roles as far as, uh, oh, he's the husband, he's the wife, she's the wife. No. And their relationship, you know, they're equal. They're partners. And guess what? They decide they want to carry a baby. Well, no. One decides she wants to get pregnant. And as a life-affirming partner, she's, she's uh, Abby's, she's totally with Lucy is... Lucy's always had that maternal instinct. Not saying she's the wife in a relationship, because that's assigning gender-specific normative roles, uh, roles in a non-fluid binary relationship. You cisgendered people. Yeah, I know the language. I just don't use it. All right. So Lucy's always been maternal, and Abby has always been supportive. So Lucy comes to her and says, Hey, governor, how about you put a baby in me? And Abby's like, well, see, I don't have the kibbles and bits, the twigs and veg. Uh, wait a minute. Twig, twig, twigs and berries. Twigs and berries. The meat and veg, you there. And I say, all right, well, let's, uh, let's go to hospital. Crazy thing is, people in Britain, they don't say the hospital. They say hospital. You go to hospital. You go to hospital. You take the motorway, and you go to hospital, and they, they put the baby bottle in me. And Abby's like, hey, well, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, fair enough. Fair enough, right? So they go, and uh, they have the procedure done. And then Abby, she's like, oi. That's what they say. saying, hey, they say oi, sometimes. Oi, uh, Lucy, are uh, you sure you, you want to? I think I might like a baby, too. And Lucy was like, hey, do you know? It's like, yeah. And then the doctor was like, well, ladies, uh, it's uh, quite an expensive uh, procedure there. I, th- I, think, uh, I think maybe one of you should carry the babies. And Abby like, hey, your cisgen normal, stay out of this relationship here. Don't oppress us with your man meets, Val. And he was like, well, I am holding a vial of semen here. He's like, oh, and when did you become the sultan of uh, Iran, Val, with your accent? Yeah, well, I, uh, I am not good at accents, and uh, I only got about three of them. And if I keep talking, the accents gets worse. And Abby like, hey, fair enough. Lucy had a list and stirred, like, hey, you're going to put it in our knots? Um... At that point, Abby, because she loved Lucy, Abby said, you know what, I'm going to carry the baby. And Lucy was like, so you're going to rob me of the joy of being a mom and carrying life inside of me? She said, well, no, I just I want to protect you. And Lucy was like, oh, so now you want to protect me? She's like, not like that. Don't be like that. I want to share. You want a baby. I want to give you a baby. And Lucy was like, well, I want a baby. I want to raise a life with you. And the doctor was like, well, this semen is getting warm, so who am I putting this in? And uh, they were like, okay, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll rock, paper, scissors for it. So, okay, fair enough. Rock, paper, scissors, go. So it was like, and they, they you know, Lucy won the first one. And Abby won the second one. And the doctor was like, you know what? Well, we'll stop this, okay? Semen's getting warm. This is what we're going to do. We're going to put it in somebody first, and then we'll take it out and put it out the second person. How about that? And then... Lucy was like, ah, oh, should it be good? I'll go first. And Abby was like, oh, no, you won't, that sis. I, I think I'll be going first. 
And they were like, well, 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 why would you want to go first? Well, because the baby's going to be the size of a grape there. Don't you know? Small baby. No pushing. And he was like, well, Lucy was like, wait, wait, I don't want to stretch out my vag. And they were too, too tough. So anyway, at some point, somebody put it halfway, and they rode four months. And then the other one put it in and put out four months. I'm going to think maybe the baby was born by C-section. I don't think nobody wants to stretch out their vagina. And especially if you didn't have sex to have the baby. Like you like, okay, you put it in, okay, put it out like a toaster oven, like a like a toaster shrew. Alright, let's see what the actual story is. It's not gonna be as good as mine, I guarantee you. Okay. A British lesbian couple have become the first parents to have a baby carried in both of their wombs in a landmark shared motherhood procedure. It seems kind of dangerous to me, though. It seems like unnecessary risk for the baby. But um, the lady's name gave birth to Otis. That's an old name. Their son two months ago using an egg that was implanted using vitro fertilization after it was first incubated in her wife. The treatment offered by the London Women's Clinic involves one partner contributing and incubating the egg while the other subsequently carries the fetus. I want to know who delivered it. They spell fetus with an O. F-O-E-T-U-S. Yeah, British people. They put O's in everything. They put U's in stuff, too, like color, the word color. Uh, with While more than 100 babies have been born to lesbian couples using... Artificial incubation, this procedure has gone one step further with both parents participating. The lady, she's a she's in the army from Nottinghamshire, told the the newspaper, We're overwhelmed to be honest. It's blown up massively. Okay. You get a lot of same sex couples where one person is doing the whole thing and the one person is getting pregnant and giving birth, whereas who says whereas in a regular conversation? With this, we're both involved in a massive way. It's definitely brought us closer together emotionally. I bet you, because y'all both had morning sickness at, at different times. So y'all both know how terrible y'all were. Uh, we're a close couple anyway, but we we both have a special bond with Otis as well as with, and what was helped by the way we've done it. It's my egg. And then they did the egg collection from me and then put it back in my body for 18 hours before putting it into the lady's body. And then she became pregnant. But it's still your egg, though. I don't know where, 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 that, where that magic, that giblet gravy come from. That's the question. The other lady's a dental nurse. Gave birth to their son September 30th. I've been holding on to the story for a while, fam. Uh, the couple sent said that the procedure made them feel equal in the whole process. The lady said, We're really fortunate that this was our first go at in vitro fertilization, but the reality is that this doesn't work the first time for a lot of people. Uh, the other lady said she's been in the Army for 11 years, serving for one term of Afghanistan as well as being stationed in Cyprus. I wonder if she goes to Cyprus Hill. <laughs> Hashtag dad joke. Uh, the two married April, okay, when asked how baby Otis was doing, they said, she's really, he's really good. Uh, he's really chilling out. He's a really good boy. Um, 
That's what's up. She said he's going to be an astronaut. They don't even have NASA no more. He's going to be unemployed, baby. But he can be whatever he wants. How are you going to say he's going to be an astronaut? He can be whatever he wants to be. We'll always support him, whatever he does. We're just happy that it worked as well, and the information is out there. It will help couples in the future. All right, fair enough. Moving on. All right, and our next story is, uh, let's see. Woman's death prompts Nepal to make first er first ever, quote, period, hut, end quote, arrest. All right, fam. Now, I when I say I don't read the stories, I don't read the stories. But this one, I had to read the first line to make sure I had the right idea what a period hut was. All right. So I guess apparently in certain places for thousands of years, like Nepal, um, they have when women start their period menstrual cycle, they put them in a period hut. Right. So. <laughs> I'm assuming this period, this hut has to be, uh, you know, maybe so the women periods don't sink up because you know it's Nepal, it's cold. I'm thinking about uh, the Golden Child, the movie Golden Child, where all the guys was wrapped up in those big monk robes. And Eddie Murphy said, "I, I, 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 I won't deny, please." I, I think it's it's got to be cold, right? So. I would think. Okay, here we go. This hat goes in my down. All right, so <laughs> thousands of years ago in Nepal, right? A woman was sitting there complaining. She was fussing. She was like, "Oh, I don't know what the Nepal accent, Nepalese. I think that's how you say it. Nepalese accent would sound like." So, oh, ooh, ooh, my stomach. Oh, you don't even know how this feels. And the dude, he came back from, you know, talking to the llamas and the Dalai Lama and all that type stuff. He was like, wife, what is wrong with you? And she was like, you just don't, ah, it hurts. It hurts so bad. And plus it's cold. So I'm assuming that things are frozen that shouldn't be frozen. He said, well, what would you have me do, woman? He said, I just, I want you to just, ah, make me feel better. He said, gotcha. I ain't even about to deal with this. He went to the highest mountain in Nepal. And he put together a she shed, like a, a a hut, you know, just somewhere she can go for four or five days, sit there complaining. When she come back, she's okay. And then one of his homies was like, "Yo, where your wife at? Where's uh, I don't know, where's wife?" And he was like, "Well, homie, I took wife and put her in a in this hut." And he was like, "Oh snap! You think I could put my wife in that hut?" He said, yeah, I mean, as long as they don't sync up, we keep them separated. Keep them separate. That way they don't link up. That way they period don't sync up because the, 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 the period hut is only built for one person. So, you know, once my wife come down, we'll go up there. We'll put some potpourri up there. We'll, uh, we'll put up some nice uh, lavender wallpaper. Uh, we'll play some Kenny G. And then his homie was like, who is Kenny G? Say, don't worry about it. He'll be born thousands of years from now. From now. But it'll be soothing. She could listen do, 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 do. And she can sit up there, she can complain, she can read magazines. His homie said, What are magazines? He said, Shut up, just shut up and listen. We'll go up there, we'll stock it up full of maxi pads, and we'll let them just bleed to your heart's content. Then when they come back, they're cool, they got nothing to complain about. Say, I bet. 
and then it caught on. And then it became a rite of passage, apparently. Uh, and that's how, that's how period, period Hut started. Ah, I don't know. This is going to be kind of sad because, I mean, somebody died. I mean, okay, I would imagine after a thousand years, if you're still using this hut, right, you, you would you would spruce it up a little bit. You know, men, though, we say we're going to spruce it up and thousands of years go by. We still ain't changed the, we ain't changed the pulpery. It's the same pulpery that was always there. The lavender wallpaper's probably gone. We ain't put no heat in because, we, you know, we just we just wanted you out of here for four, four days. Five days? Five days, I think. You think I should know this, right? So anyway. All right, so let's read the story. All right. After 21... After a 21-year-old died in Nepal after spending three frigid nights in an unheated period hut, local police made what's been described as the country's first ever arrest in the connection with the illegal but centuries-old practice of, it's a, it's a Nepalese word, I don't know what it is. The, tra- the tradition, which is linked to Hinduism, did taste that menstruating women be banished from their homes for the duration of their periods. How immature is that? Uh, though Nepal outlawed this in 2005, it continues to be practiced in some rural communities. Stories of uh, women dying from exposure, snake bites, smoke inhalation, and other causes while exiled in menstrual huts are not uncommon. Nepalese authorities said this dude, this woman, was found dead in one such hut. In the district of, I can't say that word, on Monday morning after she lit a fire to keep warm in the windowless, oh geez, space and suffocated. Police say they arrested her brother-in-law in connection with her death. Uh, this dude was 25, was being questioned to see whether he'd force the woman to stay in the hut. Uh, the chief district officer that keep putting these names up here told the outlet that this that it was the first time we have arrested any person in connection with a death under the custom. Okay, let's see. Um, I just lost the article. Hold on. Shucks. I'm looking. I'm looking. Okay. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, here we go. All right. Um, while opponents lauded police action in the wake of the woman's death, some said much more needs to be done at the international community level to ensure the practice is eradicated entirely. It is positive to see the police act proactively and it will help encourage people from following tradition, but there is a long way to go to end it. Another Indian person said. Another activist, another name, said not enough has been done to enforce the law. If the Nepal, if the Nepal government takes action and punishes the culprit, then perhaps this tradition will come to an end. Um, such as I told the Guardian. And it is also imperative that local government convince menstruate women to reject the practice. Yes, please. According to Rutgers, a village in the neighboring district of blah blah announced last week that it would dole out a financial incentive of five thousand rupees to any woman who refuses to be exiled to 
a menstruating hut during her period. Okay, I, this is the women. I know I haven't had any listeners in the Nepal area, but look, check this out. Go burn down the she shed. Don't let these brothers lock y'all away because y'all, what, y'all a little fussy, a little disagreeable. Yeah, you might mess up the sheets, but okay, so what? Like, and I'm, you know, locking somebody in somewhere where they go through this. Terrible. Terrible. That's all I got to say about that. All right. Our next story is postal worker accused of selling crack out of mail truck on delivery routes. All right, fam, check this one out. All right, this is real. This, this, okay, this one pretty much writes itself. Like this right here. Okay. Just because you take a brother out the hood don't mean you're going to take the hood out the brother. Now, I'm not saying that this dude was black. I'm not. But, I mean, okay, here we go. So, uh, Andre. Andre. Always been a good dude, right? He ain't never been about that hustling life. He ain't never been. But his family, you know, they they some hustlers for real, for real. You know, they all been to prison, this, that, and other. And they was like, yo, Andre, this is what you're going to do. You're going to go get a job at the post office. He was like, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go ahead and make my way out the hood. The easy one. I'm going to get a federal job. I'm going to work rain, sleet, hail, and snow. And I'm going to go ahead and make things happen. And they was like, yeah, yes. And while you're out there, you're going to slam this rock. And he was like, what? Like, hey, man, you about to push this rock, homie. He was like, look, I ain't, look, I, I, no, man, I, I, I can't go out there selling. Come on, guys, it's illegal. He's like, look, man, who going to check you? You a postal worker, man. You supposed to go drop off, pick up deliveries. Man, it's the perfect crime. You good, man. And he was like, come on, fellas, I, 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 don't, I don't know about this. I said, oh, you going to do it. You're going to do it. And Andre, you know, he ain't much for conflict. You know, when the dogs come barking at him, he bow back. He say sorry to the dog. Sorry, dog, for interrupting your day. You know, he's a good dude. He's got a heart of gold. But, he, you know, at the same time, he got like three baby mamas. Because Andre, you know, once a woman knows you got a good job, a federal job, they're like, okay, cool. I'm about to get all babies from Andre. Andre about to drop off more than the male. He's going to drop off the M-A-L-E. That's male. Right, so every time he go to the club, he get too much Hennessy in him. Next thing you know, he wake up nine months later with another baby. So he got like seven babies to feed. So his homie's like, "Oh, so now what? You ready to get put on? You ready to put in this work?" And he, Andre's like, "Yeah, yeah, I guess." And then, you know, at first he was real bashful with it. You know, what I'm saying he go to one house, he was like, "Here are your, uh, here's the, here's your mail," and they be like, "What else you got?" And he was like, "Here's one crack rock," and drop like a one pebble in the hand. And they give him five dollars. Like, see, that wasn't so hard, was he? Like, nah, man, I got like twenty dollars. Oh man, it's, I didn't know it was this easy, right? So now he ain't wearing those high socks no more. He ain't walking around with penny loafers. He got Jordans, right? He got the little summer outfit. He bought the little safari hat and everything. He got the little leather bag, little leather Louis Vuitton bag. He putting your mail in. He come through like, <laughs> hey, what it is, home girl? And they was like, look, man, I, I, I need it. I need it. He was like, nah, what you need to do is pay this light bill, shawty. Aha! Threw the light bill on. She was like, come on, man. I just, ah, come on, just give me a little taste. Leave me a little taste. He was like, nah. Nah, shawty, see what it is. When you see that eagle, you see eagle on the side of my van? 
She was like, <laughs> yeah. I said, well, you see that eagle pull up? You had your money. All right, don't be, ha- don't be coming over here uh, short hand, short change. Uh, I holler. Right? Went on down to the next house, right? Knock on the door. Hey, playboy, I got your publishing clearing sweepstakes over here, homie. And he was like, oh, man. He was like, yeah, I hope you win. That way you can spend that money with me. Skip Ed McMahon, baby. All right? He really feeling himself, right? So then, you know, he going to house to house. He over here dropping off, picking up, whatnot. He go to one house, and the dude was like, hey, uh, I only got $8. And my man said, what, eight, $8? Hey, boy, do I got to put this wingtip in your, what, what you mean, $8? He was like, come on, man, you know I'm good for it. You know I'm good for it. He was like, nah, man. He started looking around the house like, man, what you got up in this crib? Like, he really, Andre then fell all the way off the path, right? And now he ain't got so jazzed. It's a couple months, two months, three months later. You know what I'm saying? He didn't hooked up his little mail truck with a sound system. You dig what I'm saying? When he rolled down the block, this is what you hear. Never mind, he a post office man. He ain't the ice cream man, but he won't let you know. I got them scoops for you, baby. They like, oh, snap, the mail man. <laughs> he ain't even dropping off mail no more. He's just speeding past the house. Wait till that bass drop. Oh, you see me? Hop out that van. Walk into people's houses with eviction notices. You should have paid your bill, playboy. Oh, pulling out. Yeah. Come on, Mr. Postman, I need it. Oh. Thing is, man, he went to one neighborhood, right? He he kind of forgot where he was. He forgot his place in life, right? So he pull up to him. He got a new route. He in the white neighborhood. And then uh, he goes up to this old white lady. Her name's Ethel Brockovich, right? And she was like, hello, Mr. Uh, Mr. Postman. He's like, <laughs> what it do, baby? You know what I'm saying? He didn't forget he, you know, he's a postman first, the dope man second. And he was, she was like, I'll have ten. My man was like, <laughs> you ain't said nothing but a word. Reached up in the post office bag and grabbed 10 crack rocks, threw it in the hand. Bam! She was like, no, I meant 10 stamps. And he was like, oh, oh, we'll get, uh, hey, baby girl, won't you hand me that back? She was like, it's just the crack cocaine I've read about uh, that's killing the inner city youth. He was like, no, no, baby, those are, that's, uh, those are Tide Pods. Those are Tide Pods, baby. Oh, I think I need to call the police on you. And he, she called the police. Next thing you know, uh, Mr. Mr. Cool Daddy, he in jail. All right, let's read the story. All right, let's see. Selling crack rock out the van, boy. Okay, let's see. Ah, let's see. A mail carrier in Ohio was arrested on crack charges after being accused of selling crack cocaine out of the mail truck. Oh, this brother got the white, the weakest name. My man, I don't want to put his name out there, but it's one of them Leslie names, like Ashley. Brother, 52. Too old to be doing that, uh, trying to mess with them young girls. Appeared in some court in Ohio on Wednesday on charges of trafficking in drugs. A search warrant jointly issued this month by the Crime Enforcement Agency of their county, U.S. Postal Inspectors, and the Office of Inspector General 
and the something-something jeez, and the FBI office, according to the such-and-such, was a result of a three-month investigation into suspect drug vending. <laughs> vending, I never heard that. Taking place during her mail right. Oh, that's a chick. Oh, snap. Okay, the name was a, it was one of them unisex names. Oh, okay, get it, big mama. All right, the investigation involved transactional purchases through undercover confidential sources. That's why you be nice to everybody. You just sometimes, you, you know, you got to be nice to everybody. Some brother with a whole bunch of, let's see, said C-E-A-A-C, commander detective. Jeez, that's a whole bunch of crap. Uh, Greg, such as, to the state beacon. On two of the three occasions, the transactions occurred out of her postal vehicle. No drugs were found in her residence, but scales and packaging, well, that is part of a job, uh, apparent evidence of sales were recovered inside the home per a news release from the okay what is this city Ashtabula nah they keep saying the word the vast majority of the U.S. Postal Service's ah, geez, the vast majority of the U.S. Postal Service's 630,000 employees are hard working trustworthy individuals working around the clock to deliver the nation's mail said uh, this agent uh, I think that was it. My thing is, man, you ever had something like that your job searched? Like, you know what I'm saying? They go into a van like, <laughs> what you looking for? That ain't mine. Somebody, somebody sent that. That ain't mine. Y'all plant. That's yours. They're like, no, lady, this is your cracked rock cocaine. Just admit it. She's like, that ain't mine. Oh, that, that, this ain't my truck. I let somebody borrow my truck. All right, y'all. That'll do it for another episode of Bros 3 Podcast. For January 2nd, 2020. Perfect vision, y'all. And in the words of John Wick, they keep asking me back. Yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. Y'all be good, man. Be sweet to each other. Please. And um, I'll check y'all out later, man. Y'all be good to each other, please. If you like what you heard, pass on somebody else. If you didn't check, guess what? I'll try harder next time. All right. Later.